Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, say Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Happy Saturday to you. you guys know. I don't normally speak with you on the weekends, but this is very important. I'm hearing from so many of you who are losing faith, losing hope, losing sight. Many of you profess to be Christians and you just don't know where the heck God is in all of this fraud and theft and you don't know what's what. And so I thought I would bring someone back onto my show who is um, always a voice of reason. Uh, Some of you have a real issue uh, with a spirit of prophecy. I get it. Everybody has a word for somebody. But there really is a legitimate, that's a word we're going to talk about today too, um, there's a legitimate uh, gift of an office of prophet and prophecy. Some of you think that died with the last disciple uh, and when Jesus ascended, and that is simply not the case. God did not quit speaking upon uh, Jesus's ascension or the last death of the last disciple. So um, there are many soothsayers in the body of Christ, and as you guys know, you've come to trust me. I'm not one of them. I do not subscribe to people who walk up to me and give me some wonky donkey word. Um, that's not what we're doing here today. So I want, I'm setting you up to take this seriously. I don't share voices on my show unless it's someone I believe and I have discerned is credible. And so I'm bringing John Natali back on with me of John Natali Ministries uh, he is also a chaplain at Suffering at the Suffering Police Department, president of the United States Law Enforcement uh, Organization, which I love. So we're all about law, liberty, justice, mercy, grace, uh, and truth. John, welcome back to my show. Thanks for having me, Monica. Good to be back. Yeah, of course. Okay, so you have been putting out words, I mean, for uh, for a while now, okay? And we're starting to see them come to fruition by way of an attempted heist of the presidency. And so I want you to talk about, first, I want you to do us a favor and give us a very brief description of what your gift and your office of prophecy is. Well, you know, with the office of a prophet, and just to make it really clear, <clears throat> you know, God says there's some to be called, you know, prophets, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. Um, and the office of the prophet didn't shut down after, you know, the Old Testament. Prophetic voice is an individual that speaks forth the mysteries of heaven first. The Bible talks about, you know, he reveals the mysteries of heaven to the prophets first. But he speaks to everybody. He's not a respected person. That's number one. But there's a lot of things in the prophetic office that God shares regarding what's taking place in the future, in the, in the future that's relevant to the now. Right. And what it's to do is that our office is not just to release prophecy about what the future is, but also 
that help facilitate the ability for people to understand the Lord and hear the Lord for themselves. It's not about just releasing like this the stuff in the future, but God's been speaking through us for the last several years, you know, regarding this president for five years, but we've been in this office for a long time. Mm-hmm. And what's coming to release hope, not just to the believer, but to the unbeliever, to, to the nation, to the world. That's what this office is about right now. Right now, it's not about endorsing a man. Right. As I've said many, many times, Monica, our ministry doesn't endorse, or this office doesn't endorse men. We endorse God. So we're going to talk about and talk, you know, and release about whoever God wants to, 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 to release about, whatever individual your name is, whatever president you are, because at the end of the day, there's going to be a day when Donald J. Trump is not the president either, and we're going to be prophesying about the next president. Yeah, amen. So it's about releasing hope, releasing understanding that people can understand that God loves righteousness and he hates wickedness. And that's what we're involved in right now. And it's been an honor to be a support system for the world, to help them understand that, that this is not about a man, this is about what God wants to do through a man in the present state. Yeah. All right. I want to get into the prophecy and the words that you've been giving lately, especially. Well, we can go back to, I'm looking currently uh, at October 25th. There is a word released about really what we're seeing unfold right now. But I, but I want to start here because it's very important. I remind my audience on the regular that we most of us, have a large part of the body, I should say, has this understanding of God kind of through our own humanistic lenses where it's like, you know, God is so angry with us. He's just, no wonder he's given the country back to Biden. You know, this is just what we deserve. God is still so mad and we still haven't repented and he's not in, you know, he's just up there mad and, and, and ready to strike us down at any moment. And I remind my audience that this president is the only president, to my knowledge and in my research, in the history of the presidency, who has acknowledged God uh, at the National Prayer Breakfast as Father. And so I'm like, if he can acknowledge God as a good father, then what is our propensity to lean toward, oh, he's coming to get us and there couldn't be anything good that's going to come out of this and we deserve a Biden and Kamala Harris presidency? Could you set us straight on that, please? Well, realistically, what um, this whole scenario, and I was just actually sharing it this morning on the International Fair Call, is that this whole thing is not about a man. I've been trying to tell people this. Even the body of Christ, the body of Christ needs to get a hold of this thing. This is not about a person. This is about what best exemplifies the kingdom of heaven. What best exemplifies the attributes of heaven, the attributes of Jesus. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. So you, you, you look at both parties, okay, and, and at the end of the day, it's also even not about a party. It's about what, you know, what is a pure example of life? What's the, what's the symbolism here of life and the symbolism of death? What's the symbolism of freedom? What's the symbolism of, of bondage, of slavery? And you look at that right now. Right. And so you see what God has been doing through this nation and what's been causing we, we, all these words that we've been releasing, Monica, regarding um, fraud, mm-hmm. um, deception, delusion. Um, even, the, even November 2nd, I released the word in November 2nd, um, just before the election about, you know, there's, there's hidden things right. that are about to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Okay, because remember, so the Lord loves righteousness, he hates wickedness. And this whole thing is about deception and delusion and this great lie. And I, I connect that with the Word of God. With the, the, in the last days, it says, in the last days, they'll call evil good and good evil. 
and also says that even the elect will be deceived regarding that this is not about a person, it's about the principles of life. And, and, and at the end of the day, what God wants to do in the nation. So you look at that, you just look at the barometer, how a president has, uh, that this president in the last four years has given more freedom to the body of Christ in regarding their faith, more opportunity to pursue the, 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 the advancement of the kingdom, how he blesses Israel. The Bible says if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse her, you'll be cursed. And moving the embassy to Jerusalem. And now the Biden administration wants to put it right back into Tel Aviv. Right. Okay. Autom- and it's an automatic undoing. And this whole thing of the shaking, as I said, mm-hmm. regarding the believer and the unbeliever, God and the enemy. And this whole thing is about spiritual freedom that manifests naturally. And it's very simple to understand and very simple to see of, of these two individuals, which direction each individual is going. But you see, when the spirit of deception is on the land, come on, God. When the spirit of deception is on the land of delusion, you go right back into Exodus. Come on. And I shared this this morning, and I taught on it, that in Exodus, when Israel was leaving Egypt in bondage of 400 years, and they're going through, what do they do? When, when Moses goes to the mountaintop to speak to the Lord, they get so messed up that they have to start building a calf because they need a touch point. And what do they do? They said it would be better off for us to go back where we were clothed and fed. And if you understand the timeline of that during that period in Egypt and Israel, slavery and bondage, Egypt did not clothe them and they did not feed them. But they were convinced by the, by the words of the enemy that we were. And that's called delusion and deceptiveness that they'd actually, you'd actually rather go back to bondage because you actually think that it's actually better than now. Why in the, in the whole, the whole, um, the, the, the whole nutshell of this whole thing of the, the, pivotal point of what the Lord was trying to say in that text in Exodus is why did they want to go back? Why were they deceived? Why were they filled with that spirit of delusion? Because they lost the sensitivity of the voice of the Lord. They become codependent on man instead of codependent on God. Amen to that. And that is where we are now. As we can see, things are, you know, we're, we're now in the courts and we're more than likely, you know, you're, you're of the um, belief that we will end up in the Supreme Court, ultimately, of the United States that will decide this presidency. But we are in a process. My three Ps from the beginning, and I believe they're from the Lord, is providence, process, and procedure. So when people ask me, why am I so at peace? A, I listen to voices like yours, who I trust and discern are of the Spirit of God. Um, and I believe in the providence of God. I believe in the goodness of God. And I believe believe in the process and procedures that we have in place in this country. So you're of the spirit that we are going to end up before the Supreme Court, that this is not over. It's far from over. I want you to talk, though, a little bit about this mocking spirit, because this is what has a large part of the body oppressed right now, um, and really giving in to this sense of no, but they're already calling him the president-elect. You know, they, they've created an office that doesn't even exist, John. So it's like, it's it's almost like Satan saying, I will erect my throne above yours, above the actual office. So this president-elect office doesn't exist, yet half the body of Christ actually has conceded to this bail, if you will, so what about, tell us about this spirit of mockery that's going on right now. Did I lose you? 
I may have lost you. Or you put me on silent. Okay, so there you are. I have you back. So about the spirit of mocking that's going on right now in erecting this office, you know, of this fake office that doesn't, speaking of illegitimacy, the office of president-elect does not exist. And he's, Biden and Kamala are holding this office over the heads of the American people, including the church, um, as if it's a legitimate uh, transfer of power that's happened already. So talk to us about the spirit of mockery that's going on. Well, this the, the mocking spirit, Monica, goes all the way back from the beginning, right from the beginning of his, his tenure as president. It didn't just start them with Biden and Kamala. Um, and that is that, and this goes all the way back 2,000 years ago. So what I'm going to just make it really clear with the listener is, is the mocking spirit, it goes against a president, but it's actually mocking God. It's this this whole the 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 target, the bullseye, mm-hmm. is the Lord is also body and also the body of Christ. Actually, president is like it looks like it's the first thing, mm-hmm. but it's actually in the bottom. It's the Lord first, the body of Christ, and um, the president of the United States. And how it works is this: I'm going to show you how this how this is how it lines up with the Word of God. The enemy hates anything that has to do with the Lord. Anything he he hates the credibility of God. He hates anything that advances the kingdom of heaven. And he hates the face of the Lord. And he hates it especially when it's operating in people. All right, the, the, the face of the Lord. He, has, he gets intimidated by the face of the Lord. Doesn't, he's not intimidated by you. He's operating by what's operating inside of you. So here's the mocking spirit. How the enemy loves to mock God. All right, and, he go, and we'll go right back now to um, the face of Jesus and the disciples. When the Lord, okay, brings in disciples and he calls Judas to be a disciple. Now, I want people to understand that the Lord does, Jesus doesn't make any mistakes. So he he called in Judas to be a disciple, but he did not make mistakes. Man, man's a choice. That's that's how amazing. That's how such a righteous judge he is that he gives us a free will. And what happened? Judas gets deceived. It's called deception. Okay, he gets his sensitivity to Jesus becomes tainted, and the enemy starts. Speaking and deceives him with what? 30 pieces of silver. And what happens? He gets deceived. He gets so engrossed in it. Okay, and what happens? He eventually kills himself. And this was a tasting I did also on the tree. What did the enemy do? He loved to mock God. Okay, and he actually was trying to mock Jesus, saying, Listen, I'm going to get somebody to a cross. I'm going to get somebody to a tree before you, Jesus. And his own disciple, his own disciple, he sends to a tree to hang. Now, there was only one person that was supposed to hang with, you know, in that group with Jesus and the disciples. And that was Jesus himself. He was born to die. He was born to hang on the cross. But he sends Judas to a, to a tree first to hang. Okay, and that's a mocking spirit that I can get in. And if I can, I want to mock everything that Jesus is, that what he symbolizes, which is life and freedom and justice and love. Okay? So he, that's, and what happens, what you see now with the president is that because the body of Christ has been so connected to this thing, it's been such a mocking of, of authority. And the Bible talks about that in Romans 13, where you're, where, when you're, when there's a, when there's a discredit and a dishonor of authority, there's actually a curse that comes on your land. <clears throat> and I believe that that was broken significantly in September when the body of Christ and the nation were crying out, you know, with, with humbleness mm-hmm. and humility and crying out for the Lord to heal our land. We've seen that. But you see the Biden administration. 
okay, already promoting themselves as president-elect, the office of the president-elect, which doesn't even exist. And that's called mockery. That's called, and that's called, called intimidation, where the enemy loves to mock. And how he also mocks, as you see in the Bible, with Goliath, mocking the, uh, the army of Israel, of where's your champion? Where's your champion? With the voice. And it's important what, right now what they're doing, okay, is there, what the enemy is using in this administration, the Biden administration, is, is a mocking spirit through the voice. They're trying to intimidate through the very language that they're releasing, that I am the president. I am the president. And now you go right into um, into um, First Kings in 18, I believe it is, with Elijah and the false prophets of Baal. Mm-hmm. False prophets of Baal. The reason why they're called the false prophets of Baal, obviously we know that, but at the, at the altar, they call on their God as no power. So you see that, and they're, and they're mocking. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're mocking. The, the Lord God. But then what happens is, then you see a reversal shift and you see Elijah, okay, start mocking the false prophets of Baal saying, and I said this this morning, he says, perhaps he is sleeping and he must be awakened. Now we see that scripture in the Bible when Jesus talks about Lazarus, when Lazarus was sleeping and his disciples said, he's sick, you know, he's dying, mm-hmm. he's dead. And Jesus says, no, he's not dead. He's just sleeping and I'm going to awaken him. Mm-hmm. All right. And you see that with the false prophets, and you see that with Elijah, but you see this mocking spirit. And this whole thing, Monica, mm-hmm. it's not, the, like I said, the bullseye is not to mock the president. The bullseye is to mock the body of Christ, to say, to convince them that their God is not listening. Just like what was taking place in, in First Kings, on that mountaintop at that altar, when the prophets of Baal, 450 of them, were calling out their God and nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And you see that now. They're trying to convince, they're trying to intimidate and pressure the nation to believe, to just give in, okay? But right. there's no power behind it. And the long as the body of Christ stays true, stays strong, believes, to call those things that are not as though they were. You know, Jeremiah 33, you know, um, call to me and I'll show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And hold on to the puzzle piece that are all taking place. The, the prophetic voices in this nation and other people in this nation have been speaking for the last several years regarding what was taking place in this presidency, what was coming, all the deception and the delusion. I gave a word on November 2nd, the day before the election, and I'll read the very last paragraph of it. It says, unity will come back to a nation that was divided by those who did not have a heart for people, but for their own agendas and passion for power. And now watch this, this last few sentences. But I have dismantled their hidden plans once again. So rejoice with Israel. The cry has been heard. As with Israel, I have answered. Letting us know that there's a, there's a dismantling of hidden plans mm-hmm. again the night before an election. Right. But this whole thing, as I said before, is to mock the body of Christ, to cause you to believe and renege and get on the fence and backpedal and say that, okay, I'll just accept whatever. Because that's what the, the false prophets of Baal wanted Elijah to do. They wanted him to just give up, okay? Because intimidation, 450 to 1. But he knew that he knew that he knew mm-hmm. that his God, the only God, would, would answer in fire. And I'll go into that in another minute. But it's the revelation of the Lamb and the revelation of of the future, that God gives us the hidden mysteries to understand what's going. The enemy's not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing. He has no idea what tomorrow brings. Let me tell you something. The, angel, the, the enemy is the prince of the air. But even the enemy, when Jesus was on the cross, truly believed that he won. Mm-hmm. 
truly believes that he won because he does not have authority to understand the future. So they're absolutely caught in the spirit of deception and delusion to actually believe their own lies because of what they see in the natural realm. But we don't operate in the natural because we're a royal priesthood of peculiar people, a chosen generation. We believe in what we don't see, not that what we do see. Amen. And you have, and you and I discussed this too off the air, that you have a lot of pastors, people, you know, leading their flocks into dehydration and famine where all of this is concerned and telling them to concede. The Bible says that we're supposed to submit ourselves to authority. What do you say to that? Well, the Bible does say to submit to authority. You're supposed to operate just like all the laws that are governed in place. But I don't, I don't honor things that are operating in wickedness. I'm right. not going to honor that. Right. Okay. Right. It, okay. If, if the if the if the the law says you can't drive over sixty five, I'm going to honor it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to honor that. That's a law. But if there's wickedness involved, then I'm not going to honor the wickedness. The Bible talks about not honoring wickedness. Right. I'm not going to honor. I'm not going to honor and respect individuals that believe in abortion past the ninth month. And any believer or any man of God or woman of God in the ministry capacity as a leader that says that I'll honor them and respect their position of of killing life. I don't know your I don't know what Bible you're reading, but it's not the same Bible I'm reading. Exactly. Okay, and that's deceptive because you want to ride the fence. And the fence, Satan owns the fence. Okay, you need to make a choice. The Bible says that you gotta either go on one side or the other. And I'm not here. The Bible says that Jesus says I'm you either love when if they love me, they'll love you. If they hate me, they'll hate you. We're not here to make friends we're not here to to, 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 to be popular. We're supposed to be a remnant of people that are crying out for justice. And you're supposed to stand on. The Bible says, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. So you stand on the whole Bible cover to cover. And if you're going to condone any actions and say, okay, I'm going to line myself up with this. Because, you know, mm-hmm. God didn't answer and God didn't fix this. So I'm going to be okay with this. You can't be okay with this. And the true warrior stays in the battle until it's over. They never concede. And if you're a warrior and you're a leader and you've been called into this battle, right, present state, and all of a sudden you just give up before the battle's even over, then you don't have the revelation and you don't have the insight and you don't have eyes to see what God's actually saying. And you were never called to be in the front lines anyway because you actually do more damage to people by not hearing, by not hearing the voice of God. So even those pastors out there that are telling their sheep that I don't know what's going to happen, shame on you. You should know what's going on. If you don't have a clue what's going on, then how can you even direct your sheep in anything? In the most important decision in the nation, the most important critical decisions that are taking place right now, the most critical Kairos moment time, and you don't have a clue what's going on, and you're disengaging from the battle, and you're going to still be a voice of reason for your own sheep. Come on. Amen. <laughs> that's all That's all you're going to get out of me is a big fat amen. I love that you say that Satan owns the fence. And I, I have a much more secular saying about people who ride two horses with one behind. But that's exactly what we see happening in, in, in double-mindedness. There's double-mindedness throughout the church. Statistically proven, we know that only 3% of the body of Christ reads their Bible. So it's not unusual to me that the majority of the sheep are rolling over the hills, you know, and, but I, but I'm, but in God's infinite grace and mercy, he calls people forward like yourself to say, Hey, 
If you're over the cliff, I'm here to, to round you back up and let's get back into greener pastures. Now, I know you're on a time constraint. So in closing, let me ask you, how can people guard their hearts right now so that they don't fail them with, with all of this confusion and dust and whirling of winds that we have right now um, and, and not grow cold toward their fellow countrymen? I mean, we know there's division, how do we how do we guard our hearts, John, when we're watching the wheat and chaff separated? Well, the way you guard your heart, number one, in this in this present state, and I know we're coming to a close, is this: number one, you got to dis- disconnect yourself from the media. Number one, yeah, amen, completely, and connect yourself with the spirit of the living God. Because first of all, this is supposed to, as I said, this 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 storm that we're in right now, this fight is about our faith of what really you know, what really comes to pass. And, and it's exposing. I've been saying this for the last four years. The presidency of the United States, Donald J. Trump, literally exposed the spiritual condition of the church. It showed where they were. And the way we get back right now is where you get sensitive to the spirit of God and you disconnect from man. And you, because remember, there's so many people that just become codependent on the prophetic voices, you know, and what are, what are they saying? And they're not hearing from the voice of God themselves. And it's so important that they listen to the voice of God and, and stay close to the Lord. And in this time, like I said, this is a growing time, Monica, that when, when strong days are ahead and we're dealing with really rough times, mm-hmm. this is where we get close to God. Mm-hmm. But you've got to disengage from man and you've got to re-engage with God. Okay, just like Moses did on the mountaintop. He went up to the mountaintop and he, and he spent time with the Lord and the people got all messed up that he, was, he didn't come back soon. And this is what the whole plan of the enemy was, was to divide and conquer. It was to disunify the body of Christ. You know how many people that I know that are believers have actually called me out and messages, emails, what happened? Well, you know, what, oh, the mighty have fallen. And this and I said, really, the mighty have fallen? When did they fall? When did Joe Biden become the president? When did that happen? Right. Uh, first of all, this has all been prophesied for years that this, this stuff was going to hit the fan. You know, many times through many, many prophetic voices that there's been warnings that this is going to get really intense. You think this is just going to end during an election night? Right. This is going to continue, but it's going to really see what you're made out of. And then next thing you know, people are dropping out of relationships because, oh, you, you know, you're, you're, you know, your prophecy didn't come to pass or you didn't come, you know, and I'm not connecting to you anymore because it was the politically right thing to do. Right. And, you know, they didn't have eyes to see. So, they, you know what? I don't have eyes to see in the spirit realm. So I only believe in the natural realm. So you were wrong. So, you know, let's just accept it. And that's what happened with Israel, Monica, when they left Egypt. Half of them didn't make it. Right. Half right. of them. When it was God's plan that all of them made it. And the reason why they didn't make it wasn't God's fault. It was the fact that they gave up on God and they became, the enemy started pressuring them and pressuring them. And they wound up being codependent on man and codependent on themselves, and they needed a touch point. And I'm going to close with this. I'll give you the touch point where, where you have an individual that needs to see something in the natural and an individual that sees in the spirit realm. The, the Israel left Egypt, and they needed to build a calf so they could touch something. There was a focal point. Just like with John and Peter. Every time Peter got messed up, he needed to get out of the boat, you know, or mm-hmm. get close to Jesus, grab a hold of him, you know, bid me to come so I get closer or jump out of the boot and swim to him. Mm-hmm. And what happened with John and John the Revelator, John the Beloved? What is what is he was the only one on the boat that said, It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't need to jump out of the boat. <laughs> I don't need to take off my cloak and go swim to him. I got it. Mm-hmm. I know who he is. So 
he operates in the spirit realm and understands the, the relevancy of the Lamb and the relevancy of how Jesus communicates, and he understands the future. And that's why, at the end, when Jesus was on the beach, before he ascended into heaven, Peter and John were walking. Peter represents the, the, the people, the evangelistic um, office with his people, souls, and John represents the seer and how they operate together. But John operates on a different platform. He sees ahead. He sees what's going on ahead, and he calls those things into the now. All right, and that's what people need to get right now. The Holy Spirit wants to, is right now willing and able to give availability to every believer to understand that, guess what? you got a giant Goliath in front of you. You don't think that you're going to win, but guess what? The natural means that you think are going to prevail isn't natural means. Okay, I believe that the Holy Spirit over the next several days and over the, into the December month is going to reveal itself in a mighty way, just like he did on on the mountaintop mm-hmm. with, with Elijah and also with the Israel when they're getting ready to cross the sea. Yeah, God uses people. He uses people to open up things. He speaks to whoever he wants to speak to. But at the end of the day, he brings in a supernatural sovereign power, move of his hand to show not just the believer, but the world, the unbeliever, that I'm in control of this. When the fire came down and consumed the altar and when the water was separated, he shows the unbeliever that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you my power. But the body of Christ needs to get into that place. When this is all said and done, they can say, God, I knew you were going to prevail. Not, Lord, forgive me, I didn't have any faith. Because most of the time we go before the Lord when he brings breakthrough and says, Lord, and we say, Lord, forgive me, I didn't have the faith. It's time right now that he's done so much for us in the last four years mm-hmm. and everything that's taken place in the last 48 months that God has done so many things. We should be like, God's got this right. and I'm good. Right. How many things did he need? How many things does he need to show us? Okay, that the enemy's a liar. He's, and there's so much. And you actually think that when everything that's been exposed right now, everything that's been brought into the brought up to the surface, the Lord's just going to say, ah, it's, it's not. He's going to. He's not going to finish this thing and bring it to fruition. This is how it ends. I don't think so. That's like going to the Red Sea and and the Lord saying, lift up, raise up Moses' arms and help him raise his mm-hmm. arms. And the reason why Aaron, okay. And Joshua raised his arms because he was weary. But there was three there. Three. A cord of three is not easily broken. It wasn't just Aaron, it wasn't just Moses that did it. Aaron and Joshua needed to be there too. And that's what the body of Christ right now is. Helping the president keep his arms raised. Amen. Keep, or keep the faith. Let's call down the fire. Okay, then all of a sudden the Lord reveals a mighty way. And all of a sudden this thing is over. But I guess, but, you know, it, it's all coming, Monica, over the next several weeks. I believe God's about to do something very significant. But the body of Christ needs to wake up. As I said before, this is nothing compared to what's coming after he's out of office. Amen. I agree with that. Now, where can people find you? You can go to johnnatalli.wordpress.com for all of our words, um, our itinerary, everything that's on there, all our words for the last many, many years. You can go to our YouTube, which is Jay Natalie Ministries, or all our videos, Facebook, okay, Prophet John Natalie or Real John Natalie. It's all, all ministry stuff that on there, every, all our videos. And um, Parlor, Real John Natalie, Twitter, Real John Natalie. All right. And everything that we're releasing. And um, excellent. It's just to bring hope, Monica. It's just to bring understanding. There's so many prophetic voices out there, incredible, integrity-filled prophetic voices and generals in the faith that have been batting a thousand. All right? Mm -hmm. And trust me, we're not all wrong. There's no way. There's no way. 
Absolutely not. Because these people are men of honor. And there's people that I, that when I do my research, and I trust them because they know the voice of God and they know God. Amen. Okay. And, that, and guess what? And if you were wrong, if you were a leader and you were wrong in this, we're not, but we're not. But if you were, you go down with the ship. You never renege. <laughs> you never renege. You go down with the ship. That's right. The captain stays with that vessel. Okay. So. Yeah, this isn't the time to be looking for a life raft, a life raft with the women and kids. This is like, you know, if you're if you're a general, then you go down with the ship. I agree. Or you're the captain, you go down. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a coward right there. That's a coward who reneges. Right. Okay. Right. And says, you know what? I got to apologize before the fight's even over. Give me a break. (laughs) Right. Because then you're going to be apologizing again when he continues. You got it. Then you just then you completely disqualified yourself from your position. Mm. Because then you just prove the entire body of Christ that you can't hear from God at all. Right. Right. Come on, God. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love your ministry. I love you. Thank you for your brotherhood and your friendship. And uh, and thank you for being a general and, and being unwavering in your call. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're and, a blessing, uh, Monica. We're praying for you. Thank you. God's got this. All right. I will talk to you soon. Bless you. Thanks, John. Bless you, too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So there, there's a there's a point that I that I want to tack on to this. Remember, I want to back up for just a second where John was talking about um, people uh, in, in being deceived, right? And and he was talking about uh, it, well, he went back to like Peter and John and how they were walking with Jesus um, after Jesus came back, like he rose from the dead and came back, and he was walking with them. Well, in the scriptures, it says that they didn't recognize him until they sat down to sup with him. And when they went and broke bread, they their eyes were opened. And that has always fascinated me because I'm like, how could you walk down the street with Jesus after spending the past three years with him and not know who he was? Come on. But I want you to think about that in relation to what we've been saying and what to and the statistic that I gave you, which is only three percent of the body of Christ reads his instruction manual, code of life, uh, you know, eternal chicken soup for your soul, um, unwavering love, grace, mercy love letter in the way of those 66 books of his word. Only 3% of the body reads his love letter, his lifeline, his prescription for life. So you won't know his voice if you don't first know what he said. If you want to get to know God and God's voice and not be codependent or be dependent upon man, rather use voices like John's and others who speak uh, ardently on behalf uh, and fervently on behalf of the truth, right? In if you want to listen to them for for confirmation and for um, iron sharpening iron. For the Spirit of God bearing witness uh, 
the Spirit of God in John and other voices called to the front lines, bearing witness with the Spirit of God in you, because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of God. But if you're starting from a negative position and you don't have any knowledge of the character, the the gah, the fire, the passion, the jealousy, the wanting, the hope, the joy, the protection, the provision, the, oh, I mean, I can't even, I just, I, I'm about to explode trying to even can just jump outside of my humanistic container of all the things that God represents, who he is, his character, his being, right? And how it's expressed and described in the word of God to us. It's, but instead we're intimidated by it. We're, where it's the, you know, I don't understand it. Like we, there's a thousand and one excuses. It's just too long. Our men wrote it. That's my favorite man wrote it. And you know, man, a bunch of old crunchy white guys trying to like, you know, control us. They had slaves. I mean, I've heard it all, you know, and, and they had concubines and, and David murdered someone. And I mean, there's just, golly, if you would just show up without any objection and just read it like a novel. I did. I was so desperate, you guys. I didn't care if God was a leprechaun. I wanted to know why I was. I wanted to know why my life was in shambles. I wanted to know who God was. So I'm like, if you exist, you're going to need to show up right now. Isn't that nice? The little created being putting demands on the creator. But I I am desperately seeking you. And I opened that Bible that I had had in my house since childhood. And I'm talking those little thin pages that are like, you know, your 90-year-old grandmother's skin. That you even breathe on it and it like disintegrates, right? Super duper thin red lettered uh, King James Bible. Uh, and the words on those pages exploded and they exploded in my heart because I was, it was like a fire hose drenching my soul because I was so parched. I mean, men had gathered me up and were burning me alive. When I say men, I mean, man, life, life, just like Jesus says, remain in me, I in you, you know, if you don't, you know, you become ungrafted. You're like a branch that's no longer attached to the tree. Men will gather you, not God. Men will gather you and burn you. That is exactly what happens in this life. And that's where I was. So I was desperately seeking the Lord. And he was like, amen, finally. You search me with all your heart and you're going to find me. And it was like a fire hose. It was awesome. I couldn't get enough. I was like, who are these crazy people? Like, I'm like, this is me. I see myself in this person. I see myself in that woman. I see myself in King David. Uh, I even saw myself in Saul. I mean, I, you know, there's so many components. I saw myself in Samson, in Delilah. I mean, it, the stories are just like, these are my, these are my predecessors. These, these are my, this is my lineage. This is from whence I come. I finally had a family. I finally had a family, and my earthly family is as crazy as a football bat, 
But but it's like, but these guys were like as crazy as a soup sandwich, and God kept showing up, and he kept referring to them as his children and his friend. Right? My redeemed, my beloved. I have pity on you. I mean, it's like, man, I am your husband. Oh, the backslider. So many of us are so backslidden right now. And so it's no surprise that you don't know what he's doing. And when voices like John's and others rise up out of the earth, Kim, Kim Clement, you're still reciting those prophecies, playing them over and over. God rest his soul in Christ. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But his prophecies have stood the test of time. Right? And they are meant to give us hope. Something, there's a definition of prophet. There are, multi, there are a multitude of definitions. And, and they, depending upon whether or not you have the spirit of prophecy you have the gift of prophecy or you hold the office of prophet is how it's been explained to me and how I've how I've interpreted it and, and discerned it through scripture. A prophet is someone who's almost like a poet, right? And that word is actually used in several translations of prophet. It's like a poet. And what did John say? It's to bring hope. Poetry is just is 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 the music of words, of the spoken word. It's just, it's like strings, like of a harp being played across your soul, across your mind. And so poets, talk, they, they talk about reality and pain, anguish, the human condition, right? But a spiritual godly poet always leads you back to hope. Always always leads you back to the hope of God, your creator, because he's speaking on behalf, or she is speaking on behalf of the creator. And God is the God of what? Hope. And that's in your Bible. That's not my opinion. But you would know that if you read your Bible. I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm giving you, extending an invitation to lay down your objections or bring them with you. I would prefer you attempt to lay them down. Lay them down. If you have a hard time understanding scripture, read it as a novel. And when you approach the word of God, you don't think he already knows the heart with which you're approaching course he does or the mind but humble yourself to say i don't understand this stuff it is chinese for a number of reasons please breathe into my spirit open my mind because the bible says you have the mind of christ if you have confessed that jesus christ is your lord and savior and that he is the only begotten son of god and he died for your sins and you've put your faith in that you've put your hope in in that redemption for for you personally, there, it is impossible for you to have accepted that salvation for your soul, for your life on this side of eternity and in the future, in your in your eternal life. It's impossible for you to put your level of faith, the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, not even the mustard seed itself, but the grain of a mustard seed, which is already really small. It is impossible for God not to feed you right where you are. It's impossible. It just won't happen. I'm telling you, it will not happen. 
he will not abandon you in your quest for him. It will never happen. I don't care what you're wrapped up in. I don't care how, what level of hell you've descended into. There are a lot of pastors who will lie to you and tell you, well, if you made your bed, if God brought you to it, then he'll see you through it. You know, all these little human colloquialisms we have and euphemisms and all these other isms and isms seem to get us in trouble. Um, if you haven't noticed, but all this crap, this dung that we heap on the church and, and we're just like, we gobble it up, you know, when we don't have understanding. The Bible says, even if I make my bed in hell, he is there with me. Who said that? King David. And he made a couple of beds in hell. (laughs) There were a couple of nights that he spent in the belly of hell, right? At least it felt like it to him. And God was like, I'm here. And you're still a man after my own heart. David got up washed himself off, and pursued God again. A lot like Peter. Remember? He didn't pull a Judas. He didn't pull a Saul. Judas and Saul have a lot in common, by the way. But he didn't... Saul was vexed. And that's really because God was like, all right, I told you guys you didn't want a king, but here he is. And, And Saul just... His time on earth did not end well. And and neither did Judas. Which, of course, was prophesied before Judas ever got here. Before he ever got here. But they have a lot in common in that they did not know the mercy and the grace of God. So there was no faith for that. And I, and this is really near and dear to my heart, which is why I am imploring you. If you are someone who is very backslidden, reprobate, you have just, you're toast. Like you came to the Lord years ago, or maybe came to him last week, and you're still wrapped up in your mess. I beg of you, not as a sister, I'm begging you, reject, resist the voice of Satan that tells you that your mercy from God has run out, that it's that you may as well just walk away from the faith, forget about the Bible, you're not worthy, God's not big enough, he's not merciful enough, he's had enough of you. God's mercies are new every morning. That means for you, he has pity on us like a father does a child. He's not like our mothers and fathers. And some of us had really great parents, but he's better. He's greater. And some of us had the worst parents ever, and he's still greater and better. So, oh, this is so good. This is so rich. It's a beautiful Saturday here in the ATL. I'm at ground zero, you guys. I'm in Georgia. I have worked very closely with the team that you keep hearing about in the media. I mean, and I'm still working closely with folks who are bringing to light thousands, tens of thousands of fraudulent addresses and absentee ballots. I'm on the front lines of this, and I'm telling you, my heart is filled with hope and joy and promise. I'm not moving. I am not moving. I I have read about the spirit of God and how he moves and his faithfulness. And so I hope that my hope and John's hope and John's authority that he has been blessed with in the kingdom 
has blessed you today. I cannot stress enough, this is not the time to buckle. This is not the time to retreat. Stay the course. When you've done all to stand, stand. The battle really is the Lord's. The camp of the enemy is confused on the other side of the wall that they've built, right? We're simply marching around and we're singing. I'm a singer. The singers went out first. The walls of Jericho. Who went out before the military? The singers were actually, which makes total sense because God inhabits what? The praises of his people. And so if you will start praising God right now for the victory, every time you're tempted to retweet, to repost, to regurgitate, you know, the the concession, the office of the president-elect, you want to complain, you want to make fun of the left, you want to mock the left. I'm telling you now, simply, if all you can say is praise God, you will literally confound everyone following you. Trust me. They'll be like, what is this hashtag praise God for the victory thing? Like, are they off their rocker? These Christians, you know, the the mocking will intensify, but who cares? Because I'm telling you, there's going to be a day very soon that we're going to be called to blow that shofar. And when we do, those walls are going to come down and the enemy's camp is going to devour each other. And the remnants of them are going to try to come for us. (laughs) So it's going to be very important for you to not live in fear, for you to be rooted and grounded in faith that God is faithful to be sober, to be vigilant, to be awake. Very important for you to put your faith in the Lord and bless him now. Get excited. Praise him for the victory has already occurred in the spirit. We're waiting for it to manifest here. And in the waiting, we are occupying our territory. Don't you dare Give up a single ounce of ground, not in your personal life, not in your professional life, not in your political life. We are not called to retreat. All right. All right, guys. I love you. Thanks for joining me today. You can follow me at Monica on air talk on Twitter. I warn you it's lively. You'll see some of my fleshy stuff come out. So just have mercy. Uh, the Monica Matthews on Facebook, iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, you can download my podcast. It'll come straight to your phone once you sign up. Or you can find them at MonicaMatthews.com and sign up for my newsletters there as well. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.